Um, I came home Friday night and I was excited that it was holidays. Uh, and so I took my mom out for a car ride sex uh, Friday night and we saw Christmas lights and I got a text from my principal at school about seven o'clock at night. And she informed us, and sorry if I break down here, that one of the kids in our school had committed suicide after school. I had seen this girl in the hallways Friday afternoon with her friends. She didn't say the word suicide, but the way she wrote it was, it was a sudden death of this student and that we'd be needing counseling after. So I was uh, shook by this, and I thought as I prepared this sermon, um, it, it, the whole idea of what, why Jesus came really hit me hard. Um, my thoughts were on that student all evening, probably most of yesterday, in and out. And even now, I know this girl. Um, you know, she was in my math class last year, helped her quite a bit. One of these uh, young girls who came down from a, uh, an Aboriginal, uh, what's it called up there, tribes, I guess. The, uh, she came down for school uh, and just found it too hard. And I think maybe the thought of going back for Christmas was too hard for her. Our world is lost without hope. And some of the young people are starting to live that out. And so as we look at this passage, what on earth was Jesus thinking? It, it's, it's not just a game we're playing. This is reality. This is everything. This is everything. And we bring a message to the world that they need. And so as, we, as I speak on this, I want you to listen carefully what, G, what God has for us. There was a show, uh, I think it's still on, called Undercover Boss. Has anyone seen a show called Undercover Boss? Yeah. It's where, uh, you know, maybe, and I can't remember where they all have worked. Come on, you guys. Awesome having you here. Uh, we have, um, you know, yeah, have a CEO or this boss of this large company, maybe McDonald's or Pure Later. I'm not sure. I haven't watched a lot of it, but they, this boss dresses down, becomes one of the workers, and in fact, is probably like, at the very bottom subordinate level, goes in, gets hired, and starts to work in the company at the bottom level. And they learn a lot about the company. They, they become part of it. They, they learn what, what the needs are of the people because they're talking to them right in right the grassroots. And uh, it's an interesting show because the people don't know it's the boss. It's a lot like what happened with Jesus, right? They didn't know who he really was. He came as God in flesh, God with us, Emmanuel. And I'm sure as Mary held the little baby in her arms, even though the angel had said to her, this would be the Holy One, this would be the, the Son of God, I'm sure she didn't really catch on what that was all about. It, it probably was beyond her. And yet she knew this child was special. I mean, what, what children come through the, the announcement of an angel? None. And so she knew this was a special child. So undercover boss, here is God coming from heaven to this little manger scene in Bethlehem. Incredible. And so Philippians 2 says, it starts out in this passage, in your relationships with each other. And Paul is talking to the church and saying, how do we get along? How are you doing? And I want, to, I want you to think about your relationships with each other. And I think this is a beautiful church uh, for relationships, by the way, but as we consider each other and how we get along, we are to consider what Jesus did, first of all, for us, because that will put our relationship into perspective. 
If we think of what he did for us by, by leaving his father in eternal glory and coming to earth as a low human being, then how can we not get along with each other? That's Paul's argument here. And so he talks about what Jesus did here. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with, with God as something to cling to. Instead, he emptied himself. Okay, this is behind the scenes of Christmas. This is behind the manger scene. This is what really happened in eternity past. Though he was God, though he was in the nature, the being God, he is God. Jesus Christ is God, the Son. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. And the Word was facing or with God. And the Word was God. He's not some subordinate. He is God. The man who walked on this earth 2,000 years ago was God in flesh. Emmanuel. Amen. And they knew that when, when he started his ministry, when he started walking around and doing things, and he started claiming, claiming himself as the I Am, they knew what he was saying. When he started forgiving sins, they knew what he was saying. He was saying, he is God. He's not a lesser God, he is God. But this is what he did in coming to earth. It says right here, again, from God's perspective. Equality with God was not something he clung to. It wasn't like he was trying to hang on, like he was losing it. He himself gave himself up. Instead, he emptied himself. This was on his own volition. He de decided this is what needed to be done. He emptied himself. When I empty a bottle of water, as you see on the screen, this is called complete emptying. He was fully human. And yet, in his very nature, he was still God. And you're saying, Dave, how did he do that? I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain why I'm here. And my nature is human being. That's it. He was God. He was fully man. We can't understand that. That's the, the mystery of, the, the, uh, of Christ. But he emptied himself. And what did he empty himself of? Well, he didn't stop being God. I mean, he was still God. He still claimed, I am. He still, like I said, forgave sins. He did the miracles. But what did he empty himself of? Well, we didn't see him as God. We didn't see his glory. We didn't see his, uh, you know, what he would be like in heaven. And so he was, we even sing the song, veiled in flesh, right? Veiled, the Godhead see. Veiled the incarnate deity. We sing the song. That means his glory was veiled. We couldn't see it. There was nothing about him, Isaiah says, nothing that attracted us to him. He, he wasn't like a special guy. He didn't walk around with a glow around his head like you see in, in those medieval paintings. As a baby, he, he wasn't glowing in the, in the manger. He wasn't. He probably was crying and pooping like all of us did, right? But he was God in flesh. He one day he took Peter and James and John up on a mountain. Do you remember this story? Not a story, it really happened. He took them up on a mountain, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. And for a moment, Jesus kind of went, Vroom. this is me. They saw his glory for a moment. And they said, okay, <laughs> the rest of my life is done. <laughs> this is all that matters. We're building tents up here. We're going to stay up here. This is, we don't need anything else. And it wasn't time yet. 
And he said, okay, that's it. We're done for now. It's almost like he unveiled the cloak. This is me, my, my glory. And so for a while, he emptied himself when he did his miracles and all those things. He, he, he prayed to the Father. He gave up the privilege of being, I guess, the God privileges, right? So he emptied himself. He became like us. He took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. Again, Jesus was born just like you and I were. A mother. A little baby. He had to grow up. He had to learn. He had to go to school. It says he grew in stature and with favor with God and man. He was a little boy. At age 12, he went to Jerusalem with his parents. He had to do all the things required by the law. And he also was God's servant. That's an amazing thought. He went from being at the very right hand of the throne on high, and he became the lowest of servants in this world. That's like undercover boss. From the very top to starting out at McDonald's doing the drive-thru. I don't know what the lowest. What's the lowest at McDonald's? Maybe flipping burgers. I don't know. Fries. It's all good jobs, by the way, if you did that. That's great. But that's what he did. God in heaven. But sometimes think of Jesus as blessed because he was human. But he was God. He was God's servant. He gave himself for us. And when he appeared in human form, okay, he wasn't a mirage, he wasn't a phantom, he was fully human. Everything you and I go through. I mean, he cried. He, was, he had pain and sorrow. We have no idea what happened to Joseph after, uh, after he was age 12. We, we, you know, Joseph is mentioned on that trip to Israel, or Jerusalem, but after that, we don't hear about Joseph. He may have died quite young. Maybe Jesus was then the kind of the, the dad of the home kind of thing. We don't know. It doesn't say. But he was a man of sorrows, it says, acquainted with grief. He understands what we go through. And he appeared in human form, and he, he humbled himself. Again, this is God. He humbled himself in obedience to God, his Father, and died a criminal's death on a cross. I mean, how much lower in this life can you go? Call the criminal. Beaten up. Despised. His own friends left him in his last moments. They say that a, um, a crucifixion was probably the most horrible way to die in the history of our world. The most incredible execution you could have. Lasting probably several days for most. He gave up his spirit after six hours, but that's because he did that. But here, here you are on a cross, shameful, <laughs> naked, people walking by with your with your charge against you on, on the cross. And every, every so few, maybe a minute or so, you have to push yourself up against the nail just to breathe. They said it was a, a death, they said it was a crucifixion with like a thousand deaths. You would die it over and over because you would never die, but you felt like you were dying. Horrible. This is God who says, I, I'm going to take care of the sins of my of my creation, of my people. And I'm going to send my son down. He's going to become the lowest, the servant of all, 
and pay for everyone's sins. This is Christmas. This is what he did. This affects us too because as you come back to here in Tabernacle and the church is around, if he was like this, then this is how we should live. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. That's what the example is for us. That's why Paul uses this example. In the church, why do you think you're better? Why do you think somehow you should get the, the place of, of, of you know, honor? Value others above yourselves because this is what the God of heaven, the universe, did for us. He came down, humbled himself, and gave his life for us. So in the church, we need to have the same attitude. Verse 9, therefore, therefore, as a result of his humility for the sake of us, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. He, he came back to where he was, right? At the right hand of the majesty on high. And gave him the name that is above all other names. All other names. I'm sorry, Muhammad. I'm sorry, Buddha. I'm sorry, whatever God is out there. Those names don't save. People are trying to find something. They want to find some meaning. So they've come to these places and say, well, that's my religion. But you know what? It doesn't do anything for them. It doesn't save them. This is God's plan. Heaven to earth in this humility. And he says, this is the name by which you must believe in. There's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. Jesus, the Lord, Jesus Christ. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men. And that's our, our entire world by which we must be saved. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven, and the best interpretations I've seen is that in heaven means those who have already passed on, who know the Lord. On earth, that's us now. And under the earth, those who die without Christ. Eternally lost. But every knee will bow at some point. And every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. So what does this mean for us? Just a couple of slides here. So what? In Hebrews, uh, we have this passage written. I think this helps us understand what really Jesus did for us. Since the children have flesh and blood, that's you and I, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The world is horrified by what comes next. I think I'm losing my... People are, are in fear of dying. And it says here that before Christ came, the devil held that power over them. It's like, we don't know what's going to happen. It was, it was a very dark thing when people died. I thought about this young lady who died Friday. I didn't know her really well. I knew her well enough. Again, in, in math class, I helped her quite a bit last year. 
hadn't, hadn't really talked to her probably for a good half year now at least. But you see them around and you just realize if I could just could have said something to her, if I had known this was coming, I would have done that. I'm not sure it would have made a difference. I'm not sure, but death is a real thing. And maybe you experienced loss of loved ones, loss of friends as well. For this reason, we had to be made like them. For this reason, he had to be made like us, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God. I mean, that's an incredible thought, right? That God, in the person of Jesus Christ, becomes merciful on our behalf. Mercy means he doesn't treat us as we deserve. Every time I sin, I think, and this is from my own you know, human brain, not, not counting God's mercy. I think, I wonder if I've stepped over a line yet. I wonder if God's kind of had enough of Dave. You ever think that way? And here we find out that this one who came down, I mean, if he was willing to be the son of God, become a human being, be the servant of all, be crucified for us, then he's going to be a merciful, uh, merciful high priest for me. He understands what I'm going through without sin, it says, but he understands. He understands my weakness. He understands that I struggle. And that's the beauty of Jesus becoming a human being. He gets it. He knows us. That's why when Lazarus died, even though he knew he was going to raise Lazarus in a few moments, he saw the people crying. And what did he do? He cried because he saw the ugliness of the world filled with sin and death. And he knew he had to do something about it. He knew he would be doing something about that within a week. He would be dying for us. We're going to sing this last song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I encourage you to uh, pray. Pray that maybe you would have a chance to share something with someone this winter, this Christmas. The message of Jesus Christ, that freeing message from the fear of death. I invite you to stand for this last song. I think we need to stand.